Kim Budin. Welcome to Milo's Music Parlor, a live music speakeasy and podcast show brought to you by Milo Records New Orleans and itsneworleans.com. Every week we bring you and our live audience a taste of the musicians who shape the New Orleans music landscape from the living legends to the young upstarts to those burgeoning national and international acts making the extra effort to stop right here. Milo's Music Parlor is a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. from Tassology, an art and music cafe here on O.C. Haley Boulevard in the heart of Central City. Today we're joined by Todd Greeby and Cold Country. If you're looking for that high lonesome sound, you can look no higher than the hills of Alaska, the home of Todd Greeby and Cold Country. After a healthy musical career with the national touring Nashville-based Alaskan act Barefoot, band members Angela O'Dean and Todd Greeby returned home to Alaska to make more music and a baby in their country music project, Todd Greeby and Cold Country. Papa Tunes of No Depression writes, with a mix of humorous songs along with heartbreak and loss, this is the kind of music for sawdust dance floor sashaying, boot slapping, and beer drinking. We're lucky enough that for some reason they can't stay away from the Big Easy. It's probably my living room and my spare room. Not even for a hurricane, not even a hurricane could stop them from their trip here. Today we're pleased to host them on Milo's Music Parlor. Hi guys, thank you so much for coming and welcome. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, I think except for me, no one here has been to Alaska before, so set the <laughs> stage, set the stage for our listeners in the lower 48. What is the music scene like in a state that experiences nine months of snow and darkness? Well, it's really dark, obviously. Well, what what is the state of the music, music scene? Music scene, like, how did you guys? How do you guys exist? How did you learn to play music? Look, the music scene up there is kind of archaic. It's just like a bunch of people in igloos like slamming rocks together. <laughs> That's really, that's really all it is. Um, Do you have running water? No, no, nobody has running water. Doesn't exist. No, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's vibrant. I guess. Um, I, I think that's actually a pretty common question. Uh, people want to know how it is that anybody from Alaska knows how to play uh, any sort of rural roots music, and. Uh, I guess we just have a lot of imports up there. So there's people from all over the the country and in, and really all over the world, you know. And so there's like a really dynamic kind of just, I don't know, artsy scene up there uh, in, in any of the cities. And uh, that applies to the music scene as well. So, you know, it's like anywhere, I guess. And somehow we just fell into that. And 
You're actually four of the few people I know who were born and raised in Alaska. Um, one thing I thought that was amazing was a pretty amazing folk camp that was for kids. Um, Angela, can you talk a little bit about that and that how that influenced your entree into roots music? Yeah, my parents played music and they, instead of going to a, well, Bible camp or summer camp or whatever, we went to little kids music camp for like, uh, we did like bluegrass music with little fiddles and guitars and banjos and stuff. And, and yeah, it was fun, you know. Like, How old were you? I was like 10, 10, 11, 12 kind of thing. And uh, I mean, basically, it's a lot more fun to go hang out with a bunch of other kids and play music rather than just like take your lesson, music lessons and go home and practice. Or read the Bible. Or, yeah, <laughs> all by yourself. Read. Things are more fun when you do it with your friends, right? Lots of people That's have fun reading the Bible, <laughs> just for the record. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm just saying Angela in particular decided to play fiddle instead. <laughs> and then you guys had about at least two of you um, of living in Nashville for a while. Uh, what did you learn from that experience? That you wanted to go home? <laughs> um, what did we learn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, it was a great experience, I guess, all around. You know, we, we definitely were touring nationally and internationally, and that was a lot of fun, and you learn a lot about how to do that and what it takes for all that to come together. Yeah, and you're right. You do kind of learn also that it's a very fickle business, and the music industry is every bit as hard as anybody says it is, uh, maybe even more especially now because of record sales declining and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I take away just uh, the musical learning in Nashville. Like for me, it's just hanging out, being around a bunch of good musicians all the time. I mean, I personally saw your evolution. I saw you, I knew you in your formative years with a pretty well-known Alaskan band called the Fiddle Ninja String Band, which <laughs> I understand was kind of catapulted you into the music business. It's true, it's true. I so just plugged my old. Only no, that was really good. That's perfect. But I will say, in all seriousness, I saw you like three years later, and you're just this, you know, great pick, guitar picker. I mean, all, I mean, not all of a sudden. It's not like you were terrible before, but I didn't. <laughs> your I didn't. repertoire was different. <laughs> and so, what about Nashville? Kind of got you to that point of pe playing professionally, as opposed to playing for a very esteemed square dance band, but a square <laughs> dance band nonetheless. No, I, I think it's just being dropped in the hot seat. You know, that's really what it was. Uh, we got, I got hired in a barefoot, and it was like all of a sudden we were playing really high-end gigs, 
and uh, you're in quiet rooms where you can hear a pin drop, and so you have to just be rehearsed and ready, and so you know you gotta you gotta work towards that, and it's a learning curve for sure. But it just you know it's like jumping off the high dive into the deep end. So. And the fiddle ninjas were the high dive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. What about you, Angela? You spent a lot of time in Nashville, actually, more than Todd. How many? How many years were there? All told. Um, well, actually, I lived in East Tennessee. <coughs> I went to college there, and we moved to Nashville together. So, same amount of time in that city. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, East Tennessee. You know, that's kind of where bluegrass music. You know, Eastern Kentucky, East Tennessee. That whole area is kind of uh, you know where it all came from and so it's great you know everybody's just kind of raised to play that music around there and yeah it makes you better faster when you hang out there (laughs) Uh, you toured a lot with Barefoot Um, for some of our audience members Barefoot was a pretty serious project Uh, I I don't know how many days a year maybe two-thirds or more that you're on the road and you were number one on Billboard for a couple months. Um, how do you, do you have those same kind of aspirations for this project? I mean, yeah. Well, we just released our last album, which we've just been really playing like electric country music for a couple of years, and it's been really fun to try to be good at that uh, too. And I think we're kind of finally catching on <laughs> a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, and we released it, and we just got quite a bit of air, uh, radio play, especially down in Texas and stuff, and that's awesome. There was, and we got on uh, a few charts as well, and and I think, yeah, people are digging it, and it's cool to get to travel around again, you know, and get to play for people. And how, how is Lila taking it? Well, you know, it's tiring. Look at her. <laughs> this is, the road is so hard. <laughs> she just passes out all the time. <laughs> and she's hungry a lot. But how do you see your life as musicians changing now with a small baby? Well, I mean... <laughs> no, it's a fair, it's a fair question. And, uh, yeah, you know, basically... We didn't really know what we were uh, doing after. Oh, uh, most parents do, yeah. from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a lot of laughs here <laughs> of people. Um, no, we, we, we don't, you know, I think I can say for Angela as well, we, we don't really have any uh, large, like long-term goals right now. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> Get her to sleep and then. Yeah. <laughs> You, it's funny you almost kind of you you almost like live more in the moment even you know when you become more responsible but uh it sounds tiring I think uh we're just you know we're, we're we're liking living in Alaska right now it's a good place for us to be uh with our family up there and it's kind of like the like a little bit of an older paradigm for how do you how do you make it in the in the music industry because that whole question is a lot more complicated than it used to be. It used to be a little easier to understand the formula because there was a formula and now it doesn't really exist, you know? And so basically our idea is, Hey, we live in Alaska. Let's make a living there playing music, which is essentially what we're doing or have been doing. And if we can get out of town, uh, when it's viable, then we'll do it. 
And so that's kind of what we're trying to do, uh, which is what a lot of regional artists back in the day when this whole industry started did. Especially they in were, country music. They were just regional yeah. artists, and if they could break into markets slowly, they would. And I think that's kind of my position. Is uh, it, It's really a newer idea, the thought that you could move to a central location like L.A. or uh, New York or Nashville or, or New Orleans or Austin or something and like have a band and be a touring act out of that spot, like all over the country. That's just a totally different program to try to pursue. So right now it's, uh, it's, we're, you know, it's easy to be, just be in Alaska and get out when you can. And you all also have double lives, like you are a carpenter. For, yeah, I just- For a carpenter that employs many musicians. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I just recently started working for him and, uh, <laughs> You know, well, it's I give like, him a shout out. I mean, get a little oh, bonus yeah. here. So. It's just it's yeah. He was a fiddle ninja. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so a fiddle ninja. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like uh, it's. I mean, it's the first time I actually had a regular job in quite a while, and uh, it got offered to me, and so I just took it. I don't even know if it's going to be there when I go back after this tour. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, and so we'll, we'll see. But he was very disapproving with the photos of the cocktails yeah he was yeah, not yeah. these are work still work hours and we have the foreman of the crew as well and also a pilot in alaska from time to time <laughs> <laughs> what about you in music connor do you ever see yourself going full-time and not having a side hustle uh no i think there's always going to be a side hustle and <laughs> yeah i decided early on that yeah music was a hobby not a career and uh yeah todd and i have been playing music together for the better part of probably 15 years now and uh yeah it's been really fun and watching him grow has been pretty neat um, from a fiddle ninja too. from the fiddle ninjas you know watching him go to nashville and the, the, you know the songs we played that he wrote and we played beforehand <coughs> and then watch him go to nashville and come back with much higher caliber stuff and also uh, some business sense. <laughs> Amazingly for all of us, yeah. I think it's, it's surprised It's pretty us, cool. And I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm just having fun with it. Enjoying the ride. Yep. exactly the heart of actually of country music though it does have some kind of funny little tidbits like Ralph Stanley actually recorded in New Orleans but you guys just keep coming back what is it about New Orleans aside from my house and my pets that keeps you coming back to New Orleans 
I don't know. That's a pretty good perk. <laughs> the food. <laughs> yeah, I was just, we were just talking about this outside uh, on the patio. And uh, I, I mean, I just think it's one of the most interesting te- cities in the entire United States I've ever seen. I mean, just all around. It's just, there's nothing that's like uh, this diverse, I guess. You know, a lot of cities are really kind of one dimensional. You know, and it's, there is so much going on here. It's like multi, multi-strata and uh, between the music and the food and just all the different cultures that are here. It's just real melting pot. I mean, I guess, you know, it's like uh, New York, except warmer. Nice people and warmer. <laughs> Nicer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting place, so. Uh, in a bit, I want to hear more about your future music projects, um, any touring schedule on the new album. But first, I want to let the audience ask some questions. No questions. No, I they see Patrick. No He's turning from side to side. Come on up. <laughs> How close are you guys built together? Because uh, I can imagine uh, y'all band being together, y'all really played tight tonight. I really want to let you know that I enjoyed it. So, you know, to have cabin fever, you know, with you guys in Alaska wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> That's what I always say. You know, as, as Alaskans, it's interesting because we, it, we're kind of like bears in a way, I always think, because like in the summertime, we're always like running around like crazy, partying, devouring things. And then in the winter, we're very mellow, really, unless we go to New Orleans. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's kind of a time to like practice up exactly and uh, hibernate and take advantage of all that cabin fever. I mean, fever. my cabin and Alaska is the only reason why I play any instrument. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also like, I mean, the, the musicians that are in Alaska, mm-hmm. because of that, you have downtime to get together. You develop friendships that are really tight. Like Connor mentioned before, we've been playing together for like 15 years. You know, we were the 18-year-olds playing bad music together that have developed into something maybe a little more refined, you know. So I think that's what happens. You know, it's well, it, it, it certainly brought back memories to the good old, uh, you know, country Africa uh, hour, pretty much. And, you know, uh, wasn't a slide kind of still, but, you know, the lead to play with <laughs> Singing is good. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I think I can credit a lot of our musicianship, well, in the way that we play together, with just the hours and hours of playing bluegrass music, and and we that's really for most of us how we learned how to play. And but more than anything, it doesn't matter what kind of music it is. It's just that we were playing acoustic instruments, together. and we could all get together. We've been doing it for a long time, and you know how it is. Like you start to hear each other and learn how to play off of each other, you know. And that's the nice thing about any roots music, really. For any music, for any music, you know, like yeah. Down here, you got the guys that have been playing together for thirty years, and they, you know, they think alike. Yeah. That's kind of the, you know, you develop that, I guess, communication between each other. It's like. Feel each other. It's no like no different than any other group. And yeah, we have pretty much all probably lived together at one point or another. Inter- like in co- we went to college and stuff together. So the same for we a were- long time, people thought these two were brothers. Actually, we just been denying it. He he's my he's my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
COVID, you, know, you get bought, obviously, it hits the bond. But, uh, you know, she made that fiddle just sound so great and so effortless, man, you know. <laughs> it, it was just so much better than the fiddle playing, I guess, the kind of you. <laughs> she's just really good. Yeah, she she is just really good. Uh, she is the only she's the only one in the group that has a piece of paper that says how good she is, and she is a she's an internet. Well, your your college degree in music. Yeah. She got a minor in bluegrass. I'm not kidding. And she, but she was playing. She's, like, it's a it's an associate's degree in bluegrass music. She's a she's a bachelor's in sociology but her associates is in her associates is in but she bluegrass. was playing like that as a kid well and she's there's a there's an award given out by the international music uh, bluegrass music association she has one of those but she's been doing it since she was 10 so it don't count you know I yeah <laughs> I will say what's amazing about Alaska is you go up there and you go to one of the concerts from the camp that she was describing and it's a lot of really small kids playing awesome roots music. It's kind of, it's beyond, a little bit beyond imagination because you're in Alaska, you know, this is not Appalachia or Texas and it's a pretty cool scene that a lot of people who went out to Alaska and moved there in the 70s and 80s kind of created through these camps and just through jamming with each other um, and there are public jams in Alaska which is a really sweet nice kind of welcoming thing yeah I mean I think you're, you're dealing with the population of people that you know one out of ten move to Alaska and they're kind of eccentric <laughs> Uh, eclectic people and they you know they knew how to play a fiddle or a guitar or whatever and they wanted to get together and it's pushy it, and yeah and they're a little pushy and they they spread it though strong you know? show yeah. up at my house yeah it can be like... I'm sorry <laughs> that's a good thing no I, it's, it is interesting because you bring it up like I grew up there and I didn't know anything about bluegrass or country music or old time music fiddle music or any string band music in, at all until I was like 19 or 20. Oh. I did, I'd never even heard of it. Didn't know what it was at all. And then I got involved into this, you know, kind of scene somehow. Started going to festivals and I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know what the word bluegrass meant. Huh. And I never listened to old country music at all. But it was like, wow, these people get together and hang out and have fun. And uh, they all have instruments and they all know the same songs. <laughs> and then so I got to learn these songs and like hang out and play with them, you know, and it was a really it's like a great way to build community, you know, I so.
Any other questions? So what do you guys, um, when, when you're out in New Orleans, what, what do you guys like to, to hear that's so different from what you guys get to hear in one thing, yeah. One thing I'm enamored. One thing I'm enamored with is just the horn, like the second line style horns. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been mostly a string guy my entire life, and you know, I've heard jazz bands and stuff like that and ensembles. But here, like he was just talking about, you know, as kids get together here, kids get together and learn how to play these horns and like these great second line old jazz songs. So, so yeah, it's definitely as you travel around, like regional style music, and that's what this place seems to me. It's just, you know, awesome brass. It's just amazing. sousaphone last night that thing's so cool it's like a foghorn yeah no i mean that that's true and he was asking about uh what what we what we like so much about the the music around here but uh it's just it's virtually nowhere you see this much brass you know i i I, i've never been anywhere like that well it's like you guys teach people to play fiddles right kids are learning It's just great to walk into a. Well, I can't remember what the name of that place is, but we walked somewhere last night on. Uh, Frenchman. Frenchman. And those guys, uh, you know, there's no PA. They were just. No, not the Spotted Cat, the other one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and no PA and just all horns and, and two drummers. One guy's doing the bass and the other guy's doing the snare and, and hi hat. I've never even seen anything like that before. <laughs> but they were just grooving. It was killer. They're pretty fun to take around. They're like, oh yeah, it is kind of cool here, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, what kind of music were you listening to then in high school and junior high school? Can you, can you? Uh, yeah, the question was, uh, what kind of music were we listening to in high school and junior high school? Uh, very quickly, I'll just say I listen to like classic rock, I guess, like everything from Pink Floyd to Led Zeppelin, Doors, Jimi Hendrix, and went through a large Grateful Dead phase. Uh, <laughs> I listen to oldies too. I grew up on oldies, like just Everybody all the mo- all the Motown, yeah, just Everybody all the Motown. Uh, my my whole family is from North Carolina, so I grew up kind of in the bluegrass scene. But uh, and then I then I ran away to punk music, so you know, loud screaming. <laughs> I'm not wearing socks, style like. Oh, oh, you know. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I'm still not wearing socks. So, what do you guys think about a short set from them? What? What do you think? A couple songs? Yeah, we can play a couple songs. Sure. <laughs> Did you bring your mandolin? Um, but before you do that, do you want? Are there any future plans, projects, or links you want to 
share with everyone your website yeah i mean we're just we're at toddgreeby.com um you know we have a weekly show up in anchorage at the tap room and call uh, it's a what, what, what's it called americana roots spotlight <laughs> um you know we have a featured artist every week and we hang out and play tunes um we're in Alaska for the foreseeable future. We'll see what happens. Until Lila's 18? Yeah. No, no. I think uh, I think maybe we'll be doing a tour here in the spring or the summer, you know, back down in the States. But that's kind of the goal. I want to keep coming down here, you know, every fall. So we'll be back here in a year. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Mila's Music Parlor. Thanks so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. This has been a production of It's New Orleans and Milo Records New Orleans and sponsored by WTUL. And a very special thanks to Todd Greeby and Cold Country. Thank you. Our show today was produced by Kim Voodin and Taylor Smith. Our technical director is Taylor Smith. Our logistics director is Mark Tobler. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Roman Jasmine. Milo's Music Parlor was recorded today at Tassology Art Cafe, located on the historic O.C. Haley Boulevard in New Orleans. For more information on how to attend one of our live performances, check us out at www.mylatrecordsneworleans.com, where you can also sign up for our mailing list. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Milo Music Parlor shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True the Game, Midnight Menu Plus One, and Louisiana Eats. Milo's Music Parlor is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and Milo Records New Orleans. For everyone here at Milo's Music Parlor, thanks for joining us today. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.